0: Yes, this is the bug again. And uh, my uh, question today is just a question, and I would like to get a decent response. Remember back in the day, the old NFL, and they were going against the old AFL, where well, you had uh, in the old NFL, you had the best teams were the Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Colts, the Green Bay Packers, and. Uh, I can't quite remember the the other team, but uh, anyway, it was four really good teams. Oh, yeah, the Dallas Cowboys. But anyway, back in the day, do you believe that the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets would have won the first three Super Bowls if Jim Brown had not retired and went to Hollywood? This is The Bug, and I am out. Hey, okay, on,
1: guys?
2: This is J. P. This is the Bo. This is J. C. This is fly This is Denny
0: Hendricks, and you are listening to and you are listening to and you are listening to you are listening, to- listening to the Run and Gun Podcast.
1: On, folks, I'm Jay Peeps. I'm JC. Welcome to another episode of the Run and Gun Podcast. And for today, you know, we got it all. Bear with us, though. We've been dealing with final exams and everything, you know.
2: I'm sleepy.
1: How, how, are, your exams? how are your exams gone?
2: If the answer, I'm sleepy, doesn't fix it, I don't know what will.
1: Understandable. That's That's how we all feel. That's how we all feel. Just drained of energy and ready to lay down and relax before we have to ramp it up again with another semester. But let's let's get into it. Um, So last time we left off, this was actually a pretty interesting topic. But uh, regarding the coronavirus, before we get into sports, remdesivir has shown signs of a clear cut effect in treating coronavirus. The recovery rate has with, with with remdesivir has gone up from 15 days to 11 days. So I mean that that counts for something.
2: Oh yeah, that's that's interesting right there.
1: Yeah, um, states are beginning to reopen, and as you as you know too, us here in the Sunshine State, uh, things are opening opening back up on Monday, according to the governor.
2: Mm-hmm. apparently so, apparently so.
1: Yep. And then also, too, uh, many schools in the South plan to reopen in the fall. Like the University of Alabama has already said they plan on reopening. A lot of the SEC coaches said that they plan on having their players back on campus by July, July 13th. Then also, too, the Texas Tech president, he was just on CNN, he says that, you know – what, what happens in the fall is going to come down to like the governors and the, the presidents, the big 12 conference, the athletic directors and everything else. So whatever they say will be the final say. So that's what's mm-hmm. going to happen there. But also too, the university of Harvard says that it's important for, for their students to be back on campus in the fall. And even to the university of Oregon, they said that they plan to reopen by fall. So, I mean, it's a, it's really interesting. A lot of these, a lot of these schools say they plan to reopen by the fall. So I mean it's one thing to remain optimistic, but you know, at the same time too, you gotta you gotta have um that sense of every everybody's safety at hand.
2: Yeah, I, I understand. I just hope they're making the right decision.
1: I feel that. I feel that with with cases going down, but the death rate is still high. I mean, you know, that's that's something to remain positive about. But I'm, I'm like you. I hope, I hope, they, I hope they're they doing it right.
2: Mm-hmm. Don't, don't rush it. Don't rush it just because uh, they're catching flack for it. That's it.
1: I feel that. I feel that. The other thing I wanted to let you know about is we may not be sports deprived for too long here because NASCAR has announced that the Coca-Cola 600, which I believe takes place in Charlotte, will be going on on May 23rd, I believe. So hopefully that is something that can help us out. Because I believe Adam Schefter tweeted it earlier this morning. He said it's been 50 days exactly since we last saw a sporting event. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. But um, what have we learned so far from the last dance documentary talking about the 97-98 Bulls? Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but so far – We've learned that Pippen was the 122nd highest paid player in that 97-98 season. Jerry Krause basically wanted to break the team up earlier than that final season. Uh also too Krause did not want to bring back Phil Jackson in the final season. And this is the other this is the other part right here. Pippen purposely chose to miss the start of the 97-98 season by not having surgery that summer. Really? Yes. He said that, why am I going to ruin my summer and get surgery when I can just have surgery closer to the season? I mean, Michael Jordan came out and said it too. You know, he was like, you know, it was a little bit selfish by Scotty. Understandable. I mean, everybody would kind of assume that. But, I mean, mm-hmm. Scotty said, look, I'm, I'm 122nd highest played player in the league. And I'm, I'm literally one of the best players in the league. Probably the second best player in the league behind you, Mike. And I'm gonna rest my body, when and how I feel.
2: I feel that. I can understand that, that sentiment.
1: Yeah. Um. Also, too, Michael Jordan during that same time busted his teammates in the behind while Pippen was out for the first two to three months. So I don't I don't, I don't know if you saw that part, but Michael Jordan's just constantly ripping all of his teammates and practice. Just tell him, like, why would you go baseline? Why would you do this? Why would you do that? You need to do this. You need to do that. Like He's constantly just getting on them. And I, I love seeing stuff like that. Especially from Michael Jordan. Just like, just because, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also, too, I don't know if you heard about it, but Dennis Rodman got his vacation to Vegas, his 48-hour vacation, which was a little bit longer than 48 hours.
2: Wait, say, say that again.
1: Dennis Rodman. Well, Phil Jackson gave Dennis Rodman a 48-hour vacation to Las Vegas during the season. So Dennis Rodman goes off to Las Vegas in the middle of the season and has the time of his life.
2: Hey, bro, you got to have fun, man.
1: Yeah, I know. He, he, he did. He was in Electra. Michael Jordan had to literally go in the room, kick the door open. Carmen Electra's hiding behind the sofa, covered up in bedsheet.
2: And hey, Carmen Electra, you know who that is, don't you? Oh my, oh my goodness! Did you just Google her? Nah, I'm saying D- Dennis Rodman out here. Okay. Oh yeah, dude, you didn't know this? Yeah, he dated Madonna. This was like uh, you, know, you don't get you don't get you don't get style points for that one.
1: He he got with Carmen Electra after he dated Madonna. Even your boy uh, Charles Barkley dated Madonna. Uh,
2: you you not giving him style points for that one. You just <laughs> you, But now but now we we supposed to stay on on topic. We supposed to stay on topic.
1: Um, okay, also to the, the second part of that documentary, so episodes three, three, three and four. instead of relaxing in the offseason after being eliminated in the nine, in 1990 season, the whole Bulls team was basically training to beat the Bad Boys Pistons team going into the 91 season. And you could just see the determination on their faces like you they even said to Michael Jordan did not work out really like to kind of gain muscle prior to that.
2: Prior I mean, yeah. When he went against the bad boys, he was physically beaten. I mean, that's, that was just the style of play back in the day. Yeah, but the bad boys took it up a level.
1: So true. Very true. Because, you know, what um, one of them was saying was, you know, the NBA wanted to see Michael Jordan come out of the East or Larry Bird. And then go up against the Lakers. And that's what they wanted. But, you know, all of them, Lambeer and the crew and Isaiah Thomas were just like, no, that's not going to happen. So they came in and they wrecked it and they said that this is how we came up with the Jordan rules. Force him, force him to go, don't let him go baseline. When he, go, when he goes airborne, beat him up. Don't let him go right. That's another thing, you know, that they, they had this all planned out and ready. But, you know, he trained and trained and trained just so they could beat him.
2: And hey, man, that's, that's what you're supposed to do. When you get an obstacle, you're supposed to beat the obstacle.
1: Very true. Very true. And then even the other thing, too, is Lambeer said that he still does not feel bad about walking off the court. He said the Celtics walked off on them, so he feels like he should have passed the torch. That, that was their way of passing the torch.
0: I feel that. I can feel that.
1: And then the other thing, too, is is like Michael Jordan was also saying, he was like, you know what, the way those guys walked off like that, he was like, when we we stood two times in a row, two years in a row, we never walked off on them. We always stood there and shook their hand. It made us sick to our stomachs. But we stood there and shook their hands. But they couldn't stand there and shake our hands and look us in the eye. And when they walked off the court knowing they had lost – so I think that kind of bothered Michael Jordan. But I, I, I'm going to be real with you. I really don't think that, like, Michael and Scotty are cool with, like, Isaiah Thomas and Beer and all those
2: guys. Probably oh, well, not nah, All of them. They, uh, they used to have a beef. Oh, of course. Back in the day. Of course.
1: Of course. Yes, not that I'm, I was
2: alive and around to see any of it. But, yeah.
1: I feel that. I feel that. Um, the other thing too regarding that is, a lot of people think that is Mike is Michael Jordan to blame for Isaiah Thomas not being on the 1992 Dream Team. Rod Thorne, who is the architect of the Dream Team, says that MGA MJ had nothing to do with it. But I mean, let's let's be honest here. Let's be honest. It was
2: it was it was also Scottie Pippen. That's true. Because even Scottie Pippen said in an interview, "Well, if Isaiah going to be there, I'm not going to play." Wait, he said that. What interview was that? He said that in an interview. I, I saw, I saw one recently. Interesting. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a new interview, I believe. But I saw the video maybe about a day or two ago. Um, that he was like, "Well, if he's going to be on the team, I'm not going to play."
1: Understandable, understandable. I mean, if you really look at it in hindsight, I'd rather have Scottie Pippen than. Isaiah Thomas, because you have now you have you still have that factor of a dribbler and a driver to the basket and you have added height. So, I mean, I'll take that over Isaiah Thomas. But, you know, you got all these guys like Stephen A. Smith and company that are very upset with the fact that Isaiah Thomas was not on that 92 Dream Team. Stephen A. Smith says he's still upset to this day about that.
2: Ain't nothing to be upset about now anyway. It's over.
1: Yeah, really. Exactly. And then now onto the NFL stuff, you know, um, I don't know if you saw I don't know if you saw the draft or even like the days leading up to the draft, but Yannick Ngakwe rips the Jaguars owner's son. So Saad Khan's son, he tells Khan's son he should be traded and he's being held up. And then he requests a trade out of Jacksonville, and then they had this whole Twitter argument back and forth about like a few weeks ago prior to the draft. What?
2: I've seen it.
1: Yeah, I was. Uh, how, how you feel about that?
2: I mean, he's kind of hurting his trade stock.
1: You know, I kind of agree with you. I do.
2: You wearing out the public business? Yeah, man. Look, you you see where that Antonio Brown mentality gets you, man. Yes. Yeah. There, there's no point in airing it out. Just be professional about your business, man. Like I understand you. You're pretty. You're pretty heated. You're pretty mad. They doing you yeah. dirty. You feel that, all right, man? But doggone, keep it in the keep it in the sheets, not out on the streets.
1: I feel that. I feel that. I definitely understand that in a big way. Um. Also, too, uh, the Patriots released their new uniforms. A lot of people are trying to say, you know, the Patriots kind of went back to their nostalgic look or they should have just kept the original uniforms. But my thing is, I'm just like, look, I mean, I like it. It's basically the color rush uniform is the home jersey. And then... Yeah, I
2: don't don't really like it.
1: I like the away jersey. The away jersey is pretty nice.
2: If anything, they should have went back to that... uh, What's his name?
1: Oh, um... Oh, um Minuteman, the Minuteman on the, the side minute man. Yeah. Man, the Minuteman outfit yeah. is cool. Yeah, Pat Patriot on the side of the helmet? Yeah,
2: that's cool.
1: True. I mean, that that would have been nice. Honestly, I would have loved to have seen that updated logo with the Patriot emblem on a white helmet so that way still you can wear the Pat Patriot look on this on the helmet and wear the throwback uniforms. <laughs>
2: See, because I don't I don't know about anybody else, but I dig that white and red. That white and red on the on the on the classic uh, Patriots yeah. uniform. Ooh, and then you could you it could update so it,
1: you could update it and probably put like a red face mask on it, because you know, like back when they had that uniform, they had a white face mask, but just update it and put a red face mask on it. That would be nice. But um as I digress here, uh, the 49ers land Trent Williams via trade. Joe Staley has retired after 13 seasons. He has had a variety of injuries and a deteriorating neck condition. So I think it was good for him that he got out of the league and got out of football. And now also, too, you have Trent Williams. Trent Williams comes in. And mind you, I don't know if you remember it. You probably do. You're a Seahawks fan. A playoff game a couple of years ago between Trent Williams and Richard Sherman where basically Trent Williams basically – Punch Richard Sherman in the face.
2: Mm-hmm. That Say that again. You bring that nasty hard edge that you want to see in the tackle.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because even Richard Sherman was like, he was like, "Hey, look, bro, we need to chalk it up when you get here." And I'm just like, "Oh my gosh!" But, I mean, I'm sure they buried the hatchet since.
2: Yeah, man. Antonio Brown and Vontaze Burke were on a team.
1: Yeah, for like a Together. few weeks. For a few it weeks. Don't
2: matter. You still got to handle that. That's true. So, that was worse. So, if you know.
1: Yeah, that was that was a lot worse, too. Um. Also, too, the 49ers have traded Marquise Goodwin to the Eagles. So, now, so now the Philadelphia Eagles pick up Marquise Goodwin. And the 49ers have just gotten rid of Marquise Goodwin, which now makes room for Debo Samuel as their star receiver. But I'm trying to figure out this right here. Why why did John Lynch get rid of Emmanuel Sanders and Marquise Goodwin? If these were two of his top leading receivers along with Debo Samuel on that Super Bowl run. You know what I mean?
2: I feel like they, they just feel like they have the pieces that they need. Um like they they have Kittle, they have Samuel. McKinnon is coming back, I believe.
1: Yeah, he is. He is.
2: Like you know, like they they still have a pretty decent team, Um, so I don't think it's it's going to be much to worry about. If anything, um, probably they're probably more worried about elevating the quarterback play than anything.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I could agree with that. Um, Also. The other big thing is the Saints signed Jameis Winston. How big was this for Jameis and the Saints? But Jameis a $1.1 million deal for one year. Um wait, hold on. Before think... before before you keep going, I'm gonna tell you this. Jameis made he made that amount of money, that one point one million, he made like slightly a bit more, like one point eight, I believe it was, one point eight three. He made that his, like, bi-weekly pay or weekly pay. But, yeah, go go ahead. Go Uh ahead, shoot, shoot.
2: Um, I think that it's pretty good, but he's obviously not going to be the heir apparent to Drew Brees.
1: You don't think he's going to be the heir apparent?
2: No, because, I mean, you got to think about it. The other guy who's backed up with him, Taysom Hill? Yeah, he has a two-year contract. Which is true. And I don't... Now, maybe they just want to keep it affordable or something, or
1: I think just that.
2: reward him later on.
1: I think if, that.
2: If they feel that, oh, he might be the guy and such. But, um, I mean, honestly... Uh, it just doesn't make sense from a financial standpoint if you feel like this guy is going to be the guy to not lock him up long-term. That's true. But so see, that you don't have to do the deal later. You that's can true. Do the, you can do the deal now, especially now since his value is so low.
1: I agree with that. But see, Here's, here's the other thing, too. It, I understand why they did this, You know why they did this. They brought in Jameis to help them scheme and prepare for the Bucs. Because let's think about this. Let's go get the starting quarterback of the team that's trying to compete with us to overthrow us in this division. That's got Tom Brady. Because now, when you bring Jameis in, he's got all all the tendencies of most of these receivers in this offense. He knows what Mike Evans likes to do. He knows what Chris Godwin likes to do. He knows what Scotty Miller likes to do. He knows what Jay Howard likes to do. He knows what Ronald Jones likes to do. He knows what all these guys like to do because he can literally go, okay game prep week for the Bucks if you're sitting in the Stains meeting room. All right, just
2: come up So you think it's a uh, you think it's a Gruden situation there?
1: Kind of, sort of. Because I mean. I'm, i think it's I think it's that. And then the other thing too is is like the fear that every Bucks fan has is that he goes to New Orleans and he earns his stay to replace Drew Brees and they never let him go. Nasty was saying it. You know, if he sets foot on the field in Tampa, I mean not Tampa, if he sets foot on if he sets foot on the field in New Orleans, they'll never let him go. Because now he's in a room all these excellent football minds.
2: Oh, He's, yeah.
1: And I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to be real with you. Let's be honest. He's got better coaches in New Orleans than he ever had in Tampa. Everybody, nobody wants to give Sean Payton the credit, but Sean Payton is more accomplished right now than Bruce Arians, Dirk Cutter,
2: Lovie Smith. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: Talk about my dude, lovey like
2: that. Let's be real. My dude, lovey was a good coach.
1: He was, but let's be real. Let's be real.
2: I like Sean Payton. Don't get me wrong. As an offensive mind, yes, that'll help him. Oh, uh, no. But you can't. But you can't tell me that 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 lovey went good. Lovey
1: was good. I feel like they didn't get lovey a, a lot of time like they didn't give him enough time.
2: Yeah, but what did Lovey have? Like two years.
1: Lovey had two years, and Lovey was the team drastically improved in year two when they had James. They went from two wins to six wins. After that, they went for, with Dirk Cutter, and what was probably one of the more magical years. Um, six wins to nine wins. But the other thing too that kind of made a lot of people upset here was he was saying that. I don't have to rely on learning by myself and rely on Google to learn the plays. And my thing is, everybody's going to make all the jokes and stuff. All the reporters here in Tampa are going to make all these jokes and say, like, oh, my gosh, you had you had Tom Moore and Clyde Christensen and Bruce Arians in the room with you. How could you use Google? Let's, let's be real. This franchise has only had one winning season since 2011.
2: And plus, you have to think about what usually happens. I mean, Bruce Arian is – he, he? I guess, pervert, prefers more veteran quarterbacks.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
2: Uh, That's the and, thing. And not younger quarterbacks. Hence what the thing with uh, Kyler Murray and stuff like that. Like, there has to be a reason he left.
1: Exactly. Perfect – Perfect example. Like, I'm because here's my thing now for the Bucks fans Bruce Arians and Tom Brady in two years ain't gonna be in Tampa. Jameis in two years will still be playing. I don't know exactly, huh?
2: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: He's still gonna be playing. I don't know where, but he's still gonna be playing somewhere, whether it be a backup or a starter situation. And you're gonna be on the market again for a head coach. And. So I guess now you better find a way to trade up for uh, Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, something.
2: Probably too. When Tom Brady retires, Bruce Arians is going to leave, just like just like he did the Cardinals.
1: Yep, I agree. I fully
2: just have to notice the pattern on things. He I don't think he really wants to teach a young quarterback.
1: He doesn't. You need a coach that has patience. He and I
2: and I think I think the thing with, with Jameis was the fact that he hasn't really had that type of uh coaching before. So he was probably looking to him and he probably came in expecting Jameis to just know things.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. He he probably definitely came in expecting Jameis to know a lot of things and stuff and be able to like check the ball out here, here, and here and know this offense like and run it like it's clockwork. But, you know, that just wasn't the case. But now, I mean, hey, look, you made the bed, you got to lay in it. And you have two years to win a Super Bowl. Because now, if you don't win a Super Bowl in two years, all this was for nothing. And this is going to look really bad. And your veteran presence in that room, like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and all those guys and uh, Shaq Barrett and everybody, they're going to be looking like, well, dang, what did we do all this for? But um, also, you're going to like this, the Cowboys land C.D. Lamb and Trevon digs in the draft. How does that improve their chances? Everybody loves the Cowboys all of a sudden, because now the Cowboys have an offense with – Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and I forget their third wide receiver, but it'll come to me.
2: I still don't like the Cowboys.
1: I feel that. I feel that.
2: Now- because
1: now – Go ahead.
2: They still have some issues. Yeah. Like, like- the talent's there, but – not everything is there
1: still. Yeah, I've, I have I feel you. Yeah, like they, they still need to pay Dak. We don't know what this is going to look like in year one with Mike McCarthy. So, I mean, there, there's a lot yeah, of question I mean, marks.
2: There's, there's still a lot of questions. And if I'm in that locker room, I'm kind of slightly disgruntled, right? Especially if I'm Dak Prescott. I'm kind of slightly disgruntled. And, and why? You, you still got – you still got – Questions with that secondary.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You
2: let your best player walk.
1: Yeah. Byron Jones is gone, but you bring in Trayvon Diggs. But I know he's probably not going to be the same type of player as Byron Jones was because Byron Jones is one of the highest paid players or highest paid defensive backs in football now down in Miami.
2: For a reason, too. Yes. I mean, you just, there's just a lot to, to think about and anticipate on this.
1: Facts, very true. Um, um, I
2: mean, oh, go ahead. I, I, I'll cut. I'll cut myself short.
1: Oh no, you're good. Say what you got to say.
2: Oh well, I was gonna say. Well, you've done all this, yes, offensively, but you still have a lot of questions on the defense.
1: Yes, and then the I thing. I mean,
2: I'm- defensively, there's still a wild card on who you're gonna get.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because the defensive line at defensive tackle, they now have Gerald McCoy and Dontari Poe, I believe.
2: Like a few years ago, that would have been good.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. A few years ago, that would have been good, but there's a reason that neither one of them is in is in Carol- is in Carolina anymore. But yeah, Dontari like five, McCoy
2: four years ago that would have been that would have been that would have been a good a good defensive uh, tackle department.
1: Yeah. Of course, yeah, definitely, but you know, yeah, things change and stuff. But they, I don't know how good that's going to be. I really don't know how good that's going to be that front. So that's my question. Like you still got Leighton Vanderash, yeah. You still got Jalen Smith. So your linebacking yeah. core is pretty nice. But you
2: still have Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderash, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then you have the old man too and Sean Lee. But you got rid of your tight end on offense. You got rid of uh, you got rid of Jason Witten.
2: See, but they believe that. Um, oh goodness, what's his name? Uh, J- 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 hold on, it's coming to me. I think it starts with a J. I don't know. Look it up for me. All right. I can't. I can't think of his name.
1: They've got the Cowboys depth chart now consists of Blake Jarwin. Jarwin. Yeah. Blake Jarwin, yeah. Dalton Schultz, Blake Bell, and Cole Hakuntini.
2: I think they believe that Jarwin can can take the uh the amount of catches that Jason did.
1: Very true. Oh yeah, also I mean their third wide receiver is Michael Gallup.
2: Yep, they have Gallup, yep. They, I, I believe their their wide receiving core is is stacked. Yeah. They have a good quarterback in Dak Prescott. They have a a, a great but aging old line who they're going to have to win in this window. Yeah. Um, it's just the defense. Defense. Like, you don't know who you're going to get. Are you going to get burned for 300, 400 yards, or are you going to stop?
1: Well, like, what if- the good thing is they got Ha Clinton Dix in the secondary now. Yes. That's true.
2: Okay, who else?
1: They Their starting corners right now are Trevon Diggs. their starting safeties are Xavier Woods and HaHa dick They got rid of Jeff Heath.
2: Just, I'm, just, I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. I feel you. Just saying. That's, that's going to be the, the target on them, the defense. I feel but, you. you. Know, that's just a
1: fear. I feel that I fully understand you. I, f- I fully understand you. I was aware about the Eagles and their division because someone put it on Twitter. They were saying, you know, of all these teams that, that are listed, you know, one of them is going to get left out because the playoffs expanded. And then I believe it was like Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Green Bay, Minnesota. Dallas, Philadelphia, uh, Seattle, and I believe the other one was the Rams. I
2: think the Rams have a good left off.
1: It was San Francisco. It was San Francisco.
2: Uh, I was about to say, if anybody, Rams get
1: left. I was going to say, I mean, if you replace replace the Rams with the 49ers, and in that case, I think Dallas gets eliminated. Because it comes down to a late-season game in in Philadelphia, I like the Eagles' chances right now. Mhm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, all- I mean, it,
2: it's really, it's really popping now. I, I feel like, like this year was the most competitive before it got uh, ended by coronavirus. This year was the most competitive and probably one of the best basketball seasons in a long time. I feel like next year is going to be one of the best NFL seasons.
1: Oh yes. Oh yes, definitely because you know the thing about it is, is say we say we do get football this fall. Say we do. NFL season starts I believe September 10th. If we get if we can get football, this is going to be a very excellent football season because we're going to for one, we're going to be so thirsty for the game that's the thing. We're going to be so thirsty to have it back. These players are going to be so anxious to get on the field, chomping well, at the bit.
2: I, I'm saying, I'm saying yes to that, but I'm saying that as from a team build standpoint, I mean, you have, Oh yeah. And, and both sides of the conference, like you have superpowers arming up and it's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Oh, I agree. Cause you still have Kansas city who has everybody back. They brought Chris Jones, their defensive tackle. They got a, they finally got a running back to go with Damian Williams and Clyde Edwards later in the draft, which I'm going to talk about. We're going to talk about here soon. And then you still have the Ravens who just loaded up on defense and their defense is going to look amazing. Now they got a running back to go with Mark Ingram and, J- and J.K. Dobbins and stuff. And you got the bucks down here. Uh, the Dolphins look like they look pretty good with the way they just drafted in their free agent signing. And then, like, you like you, you just like, this is going to be fun. And Seattle's always a good team. It's going to be a fun season. And also, too, Green Bay is a good team, even though they drafted Jordan Love in the first round.
2: Yeah, because I think what everybody is forgetting, everybody wants to talk about the uh, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, not picking an offensive player, but they went 13-3 and three last year. That's true. I think they're going to be okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean,
2: and while, yes, it's kind of dirty that they didn't talk to Aaron Rodgers before, I mean, I feel like all of this would have been solved if they just went to, went to Aaron Rodgers and went, listen, we like this guy. We want to draft him as your successor. Will you bless it? And he probably would have blessed it. That's true. That's true. That's true. Like, I, I feel like this is all just a stupid communication thing. If you just talk to the man, because he doesn't seem that unreasonable to me. I don't know. I've never had a conversation. I'm
1: going to be I honest. I, I look at him and the way he, like, handles certain, like, things. I, w- I wish that, the, that Green Bay would be on hard knocks. Because I, like I feel like he's such a smart mouth. I feel like he's so smart at the mouth and oh, slick.
2: I, I feel like he's petty. I, I, I think he's petty. I
1: feel like he's but, petty. Same here.
2: But I, I still feel as though if they would have just talked to him, all of it, we wouldn't be having all this. Like, we want this guy right here to be your successor. Look at the talent level, blah, blah, blah. You teach him, you know, but we're not kicking you out. Yeah. Yeah, We still won't show behind because you're a Hall of Famer, and we need you to win right now. Very true.
1: But as we progress, you know, the other thing, too, is with the Packers is when they drafted Aaron Rodgers in the 2005 NFL draft, Brett Favre was 36 years old. Fast forward to the 2020 NFL draft, Aaron Rodgers is now the 36-year-old, and they go with Jordan Love.
2: Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers fell to them, right? Because Aaron yeah. Rodgers was supposed to go top five.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And he fell to them. They they didn't trade up to go get him. He fell to them.
1: That's true. I remember, and I remember that because he Brett was supposed Favre, to go to San Francisco.
2: Brett Favre all around all that time keep talking about, kept talking about retirement.
1: Yeah, because I remember that that was during that time when he was like, oh, I'm leaving, oh, no, I'm coming back. They, they, They even had an ESPN commercial talking about, he's
2: coming back again, guys. And then Aaron Rodgers, he, I mean, has he really talked about retirement? Maybe a couple of statements, but, like, nothing where he's like, yeah, I'll probably leave next year, two years, and as far as I'm concerned, he probably still want to play to Tom Brady age.
1: That's true. Cause I I still feel like Aaron Rodgers has a lot of good football left in him.
2: He does. The talent level, the athleticism level, hasn't dropped off. Of him. I feel like once the athleticism level drops off with of him, he'll be like, "All right, this ain't my game no more."
1: That's true. That's true. Cause I, I've... but he still
2: has the athleticism to go with his talent.
1: Yeah. Because what did it for me was a couple of years ago, a, a game where they were playing the Bears, and the Bears have, they were having one of the best seasons. I think, I think it was that 2018 season. The Bears just came in and just, like, jumped on them. Next thing you know, Aaron Rodgers let them on a comeback, and they beat the Bears. That told me everything I needed to know right there. I was like, okay, he still got it. He good.
2: I mean, I, I just – it's just it, – it doesn't make sense to me. Like, he's your star quarterback. He's been with you since 2005, blah, 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 and everything, right? You don't consult him going to go pick a quarterback, trading up to go get a quarterback Yeah. in the first round. Like, that's just kind of telling. And I feel like now he's going to be gone by the time the dead money runs out on his contract.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Because right now he's stuck there for two years.
1: True. True.
2: Because will I think it's like twenty and thirty million, uh, in those in that order, respectively, per each year, uh, on the cap for dead money for his contract. Right. He like just, you know, it doesn't make sense. Right.
1: But um, some NFL draft news: uh, Tua lands in Miami. Some people say he should get number thirteen. I don't think he needs to get thirteen. I don't think he needs to wear number twelve either. Out for Greasy. I believe, yeah, Bob Greasy and uh, even to uh, Dan Marino. I don't think he needs to wear 12 or 13. He can wear any number. But
2: th- wear what he wants. He can wear what he wants.
1: You can't wear number 12 because number 12 is retired because that's the only undefeated team in NFL history. Dan Marino.
2: Oh, no, 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 no. I'm saying speculating.
1: Oh, true, true. Yeah.
2: Like, there's no point in trying to tie him towards the pass and such and such. Like, just let the man wear what he wants. If he decides to roll out in a number, I don't know, zero jersey, I better respect it.
1: I feel you. Uh, Justin Herbert lands with the Chargers, as expected. Uh, the Bucks got a steal at 13. They traded up one spot. It only cost them – Their 14 spot, they switched with San Francisco, but they also had to give up their fourth-round pick. They got a very athletic offensive tackle in Tristan Wirfs. I like that pick. That was a good pick.
2: Probably the Great pick. Say that again? Great pick.
1: Yeah. Uh, One running back win the first round. That was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Also, Xavier McKinney goes to the Giants. Antoine Woodfield goes to Tampa. These are the top three safeties, by the way. And Grant Delta I'm not, goes to Cleveland.
2: I'm not sure about the running back date since running backs are technically being devalued.
1: Yeah, only one win in the first round. I was I thought I really I thought until like once we got to like pick 32, I was like, we're really about to like go a whole first round with that one running back coming off the board. But then Kansas City stepped up and took him.
2: I mean, I can see it, but I feel like they could have probably pulled back and got him in the second round.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. But to see the other thing too was, is Cincinnati. I think would have taken him to go with Joe Mixon, and then also too to put him back with Joe Burrow, because they had the yeah. they had the very first pick of the second round. Yeah, but also to uh, Justin Jefferson, he replaces Stefan Diggs in Minnesota. He will now be. The I believe either the number one or the number two to uh, Adam Thielen. Thaddeus Moss goes to Washington as an undrafted free agent.
2: It was it was a very deep draft for the wide receivers. I mean. It was. They had – there were studs available everywhere.
1: So true. But I, mean, I was surprised Thaddeus Moss didn't even get drafted at all. I was very surprised by that.
2: Yeah, I, I figured he'd be a late round pick.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean he he didn't he didn't do anything at the combine and then like he said his foot was bothering him. So I was like, okay, well he'll probably slide to like the third or fourth round, maybe the second if he's lucky. But he just didn't get drafted at all. And I was like,
2: Whoa. I figured fifth figure or six because it's it's such a deep wide receiver draft.
1: Basically he's a tight end.
2: I wait, what?
1: He's a tight end. Is he? Yep, he played tight end He's at LSU. Just... Oh
2: man, what else have I been getting wrong?
1: Not trust me. I would I, I would have told you. I would have told you by now. So you're you're good.
2: Oh, okay, cool. So I'm on point on everything else. That's my one mistake for the for the for the,
0: uh, the podcast.
1: Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you're fine. The only thing is now is like, who do you think won the draft and who do you think lost the draft? Because I'm if I'm if I'm being specific. Of all the teams that, mm. that I think won the draft, I thought the Bucks did well. I thought that the Ravens the did.
2: Ravens good. The Ravens Ooh, did really Ravens. well,
1: and also thought the Dolphins did pretty good. And low key, I thought the Jets did pretty well too. Now the the teams I think lost the draft. Let me get
2: back to you on that.
1: What, as far as who lost the draft?
2: Who won the draft? Let me oh. get back to you. I got to think hard on that.
1: See. Who lost? Who lost? Oh. I think Carolina kind of lost. They went all defense with all seven of their picks. They're the only franchise to ever do that. And kind of think that Green Bay kind of lost oh. the draft. Too.
2: Yeah, I was going to say the Packers lost because they didn't really get anything that would help them now. Yeah. Which is what they need.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because when you go 13-3, and three, you you got to build off of the draft and kind of plug holes and stuff and add depth and everything like that so you can kind of take off and exceed 13 and 3 in 2020.
2: Especially since you see all these other teams are arming up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm going to tell you now that NFC is going to be tougher than it was last year.
2: Boy, it's going to be rough out there.
1: Yeah. But how do you, how do you think your, uh, how do you think your Seahawks did?
2: I mean, it could have been better. They technically picked up things that they needed. They just did it late in the draft, but that's what they always do. It's very hard to gauge uh, Seattle. I, I, I think I think they did decent enough. They did good enough.
1: You think they did good enough?
2: I think they did. They did good enough. Okay,
1: I feel that. I feel that. You think they did good enough to take back the NFC West?
2: Nah, 49ers are too too tough. Too too much. Too much there.
1: I feel you. I feel you. Uh, a couple of NCA stuff now. Uh, so all the dogs, all the dog mascots got together on Zoom to talk about their life in quarantine. It's so like the Gonzaga dog, the Mississippi State Bulldog, the Fresno State Bulldog. The Yukon Husky, the Washington Husky, the James Madison dog, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee balls Smokey, and Butler's dog—they all got together on Zoom to kind of just talk about their life in quarantine. And also Revely from Texas A&M got in on it. We're at that point of quarantine where dogs are getting on Zoom. I wonder if Belichick's dog was in on it too.
2: Ooh, wow. Um, Wow, I was gonna, I was gonna tell you who my winner was.
1: Though. Oh, well, yeah, who was your winner? Who was your draft winner?
2: <laughs>
1: you have to do all that. You have to do all that.
2: Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Cincinnati.
1: You know what? I, I do like what they did because they did,
2: I feel like they did they did wonderful.
1: Yeah, because. Because what they did with, you know, helping out Joe Burrow,
2: that's- exactly getting T Higgins, yeah, I, I I feel like they did really well.
1: I, I yeah, T Higgins, that was that was fantastic. Because now you you put him with A J Green, and then also the other thing too is you kind of. Uh, you, you go out and you get a couple linebackers. You got three linebackers in this draft. And then you got Khalid Kareem out of Notre Dame, which uh, most of these draft grades on these players was or A's or A-minuses. The only person with a B-minus on their draft, out of all their draft picks, was Logan Wilson out of Wyoming. But he's even still like an athletic linebacker.
2: Exactly.
1: So I mean I, I like what they did. They they took care of their defense, addressed the offensive line, they got a wide receiver number two, and then they got their quarterback, and now they and then, then they've got their running back now. So I mean I, it's gonna be interesting to see. I don't it's gonna be kind of like a toss-up to see who finishes who finishes in last. For now, I would still say the Bengals might finish in last, but I, I, I am optimistic about their future.
2: I refuse to say anything like that till the season begins. Understood. I refuse to comment. I'm just here so I don't get fined.
1: Okay, Marshawn. Um, I don't know if you heard about this too. This came out yesterday. No NCA video game will be sold because of the lack of group licensing allowed under the NCA's new name, image, and license. This would make video games and re- replica jerseys unworkable.
0: I mean,
2: if you really want to know my opinion on the NCAA, I think they're going to die out if they don't fix something.
1: Understandable.
2: Because I don't know if you've heard about uh, the NBA G League pathway.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, that's a big deal. And it's a very big deal, especially since the number one prospect went over there. And it's going to generate more G League views, right? But it does what these kids is looking for. Yeah, they play the game because they love the game, more than likely. But most of these kids need money.
1: Yeah, I understand that.
2: And I feel like... That's a great thing for the NBA to do, right? And even – I don't know if you know the details and specifics, but how the NBA said that if they don't – if they either don't get drafted or I forget how the wording is, they can go back to school.
1: True. True. Yeah. I mean, if you ask me, I've been watching – me watching the documentary regarding the 98 Bulls – I mean, yeah, the 97-98 Bulls and how Michael Jordan basically was just in love with North Carolina and how he didn't want to leave, but they told him to go ahead and go chase your dreams and leave. I feel like, you know, that's that's what it's about. It's a lot of kids leaving after one year now, but I understand it's about the money and stuff you want to get paid. But
2: Exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong. I believe that everybody should go to school. Everybody should have a head on their shoulders. Yeah. And all that. yeah. But if they're going to leave anyway, right? Like, they want to pursue it like that. Like, that's what they want to do. I mean, you might as well make what I think the number one prospect is making half a million over the season.
1: I believe so. I believe so.
2: Like that, I mean, that's an unbelievable amount of money, and there's almost no risk for you.
1: Correct. Correct.
2: There's... There's almost no risk for you. I mean, honestly, um, because if you get hurt in school, you could not be drafted.
1: Yeah, that's true on every,
2: for every sport. And then you're definitely not making no, def any money. But I believe that it. – I'm pretty weird. I'm pretty juxtaposed. I, 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 know I, mean. believe- I
1: know what you mean. I know what you mean. You want to see him go get that money, but you want to see him go get that education too.
2: Exactly. Get that degree. That's why I'm here now. I and mean, that's why I need
1: it now. Yeah. Yeah. But um, also, too, I think, and I've, I've told you about this plenty of times, only one HBCU player was drafted in this year's NFL draft. Seven players had signed as undrafted free agents. So, you know, the HBCU combine was supposed to take place down in Miami. All of, like, the top HBCU players, like Chris Roland out of uh, – out of Tennessee state, Ryan Stanley, as you know, used quarterback was all supposed to be there down in Miami participating in it. All of a sudden coronavirus happens. And then this, this HBCU draft, I mean, HBCU draft, this HBCU combine was canceled. So, you know, I mean, everybody's saying, you know, how does, how does only one HBCU player get drafted out of Tennessee state? But my thing is I'm just like, look, you know, you didn't, you didn't have a, never combine. For these guys, I mean, some of them, to be honest with you, should have probably been invited to Indy. Ryan Stanley's numbers for the combine were, well, Ryan Stanley's drill, like his individual drills were better than, you know, some of the guys at the combine. He, he would have been top three in most of the, the, most of the drills and everything at the combine. So, you know, it's just my thing is, you know, some of those guys should have been invited to Indianapolis from the HBCUs.
2: Yeah, yeah, but you know the old saying, if you build it they will come. That's true too. If you got the talent, the NFL will find you. If you're Hannibal Lecter and you run a 4-3, the NFL will call you and bail you out of jail.
1: That's true. That's very true. Cuz my thing is is like just, you know, look, and all that that means is you you got to you got to do more. Just do more. Like Tariq Cohen, he ended up getting drafted. Having has an excellent career. You got a
2: Darius Leonard,
1: Darius Leonard, uh, Titus Howard. All all of those guys would have been drafted even without an H, They didn't even have an HBCU combine. They they got drafted. So you know, I mean, hey, that's the thing about it. Um, The other thing too is is uh hey, I hate to bring this up because you know so many family fans follow this page and stuff, but Ryan Stanley has not been picked up yet. Uh, Elijah Richardson hasn't been picked up yet. Um, Kicker Ali hasn't been picked up yet. And neither has senior wide receiver um, Marcus Williams. None of them have been picked up yet, which is a surprise.
2: I get it. Um, Larger schools, I guess, get priority because, you know, they play tougher, they're in teams and such.
1: Yeah, they're in the national but, spotlight.
2: But the bottom is always revolving. That's true. And this and once you get in, make sure you get in.
1: Yeah. Make the most of your opportunity. Like I've been saying, like a lot of people are just saying, like, you know, how does none of how do none of these guys get the phone calls and stuff is undrafted for agents? My thing is I've been telling them, look, you got all this time between now and when training camps open up. There's still a chance that some of these guys can get a phone call.
2: I say, and maybe about. Hmm, we're probably going to be old, but I think the NFL is going to switch back to the way it used to be,
1: which is to
2: where it doesn't matter what conference you come from.
1: Understandable. Understandable.
2: Because I feel like the conferences are starting to get more competitive.
1: That's true. And you even
2: see it. You even see it in HBCUs. Um, yes, it's more talent.
1: Yes. Cause I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the build of most of these HBCU rosters now, like, let's be honest here, fam, you reeled in more four and five stars than I've ever seen in my lifetime, this past signing class. And that's a, that's a trend. And plus, you know, kids are transferring out of these big time power five schools and looking for a home. And some of them want to come back home and go to HBCUs. So you yep. know that,
2: and then yeah, thinking about kids, you're thinking about the fact that, hmm, like you know, um, I'm not gonna be able to play if I go to I don't know, let's say, what's a school, FSU. Yeah, like, but I could go play over such and such. I'll definitely probably get playing time. I feel like that's what's that's what's gonna
1: happen. I agree. And the other thing too, and I, I hate, I hate to downplay HBCUs when I say this is, and I don't mean to downplay them either. Schools like Florida state and Florida and even Miami, because Miami, is a private school and it's expensive. It's very expensive. They raised their core requirements to get in. Cause I mean, look, my, my sister has a master's degree and she was even telling me, Oh no, she has a doctorate degree. She was even telling me, look, if if Florida State standards now had been the same back then, because like now you need like a, I believe, somewhere between like a three point eight or higher to get in three point eight to a four point two or even higher than that to get into FSU. She said she wouldn't have been able to get in. So I think that's kind of playing a role in it, too, is most of these kids realize, you know, I don't have the GPA. Or even like the, I don't have even the guidance or the, like the little, the little safety net to help me get into this school and stay here and maintain my eligibility. So I might as well just go here where I can still get my grades and play good football.
2: There's a, there's a lot of factors, but you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I agree. But, um, onto this fam, you top 10 running back list that, that we did back in earlier in April. I believe I told you about part of it. Um, so as you know, Antoine Flowers, he started out at number 10 and number nine, we had Kwame Vidal from 92 to 95. We had the the last FAMU running back to get drafted out of FAMU from Amir Rasool from 1988 to 1990. After him, we had James Rackley from 1971 to 1974. And then also to Ike Williams from 1976, to 1978 who was a Tampa product who was one of the leading running backs in famous national championship season in 1978 at number five, we had Kenny Williams from 96 to 99 rushed for 2,357 yards at number four. We had Rashard Pompey. And I don't know if you remember Rashard Pompey, but I sure do. From 2002 to 2005, Finished his rushing career with 3,006 total yards. He's third all-time on family's rushing list. At number three, Phillip Sylvester from 2007 to 2010. He is fourth all-time on family's rushing list, but he had six consistent games where he went for over 100 yards. He was nicknamed the Mariana Flash at 2,998 yards. I believe I already said that. I hate to be repetitive. And then at number two, we had Tony Barber. He's FAMU's second all-time leading rusher with 3,278 yards and 25 touchdowns. He's also in FAMU's Hall of Fame, class of 95. And then we had, I had a tie for number one at the number one spot. I had FAMU's Al Frazier from 1953 to 1956. Broke, broke num- numerous records. I think really he's FAMU's Ironman. Played every position possible, was receiver. Uh, kick returner, punt returner, kicker, punter—you name it, he did it. Um, and also was drafted by the Chicago Bears, and then also two FAMU's all-time leading rusher, Willie Gallimore, from 1953 to 1956. Uh, couldn't find his college numbers, but he had a very impressive pro career with the Bears, winning an NFL championship. This is prior to the merger. But yeah, that is uh FAMU's all-time or our FAMU top 10 running back list. But um, a lot of people are clamoring for a wide receiver list or even an all-time FAMU list, just all-time greats, just top 10. So I don't know which one I'm going to give them.
2: That's all you, buddy.
1: I feel you. I feel you. Um, now, last but not least, the Major League Baseball. Uh, MLB can start laying off coaches and managers starting May 1st. So as of tomorrow... You can you could be laid off.
2: Tomorrow is when we're, we're, uh, we're recording this. True. Who knows when this will be posted.
1: True. Uh, fans are suing over ticket refunds. The MLB is treating games that haven't been played as postponed rather than canceled.
2: It's because you don't want to give up all that it's money. It's too much money.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The other thing too that Major League Baseball is doing is they're they're planning for a return. But the thing that they're going that they they plan on doing that's pretty interesting is um they want to do a thing where they have like a ten team division. So like you're probably going to have the NL East and the AL East combined, where you're going to have the Rays, the the Blue Jays, the Orioles, the Red Sox, the Yankees, uh, the Nationals, the Marlins, the Braves. The Mets, and I believe there's one other. Oh, the Phillies. You're gonna have them all combined into one division. So I mean that that'll be exciting. But they're trying to make up for lost time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm, I'm hey, I'm all for it. Look, that's that's an interesting. Those are some interesting matchups. I mean, I still think it's probably going to come down to the Rays and the Yankees either way in the East. Maybe the Nationals will have something to say about it because they are defending – they are the defending champs. Yes, indeed. Yep. But also, um, unfortunately, Derek Jeter will have to wait a year to make his speech for the Baseball Hall of Fame. As The Baseball Hall of Fame has been delayed from – July 25th of this year it'll be pushed back to July 25th of 2021 for next year. Oh man. Yeah, I know it's 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 sad, but you know this is this cool is what changed. happens. This is what you got to do. But now the the
0: coming, coming, Trivia with the bug. Hello, everybody. This is The Bug again. And my trivia question today is, what team did Jim Brown become the NFL all-time leading rusher against? I am The Bug, and I am out.
1: And there you have it. That is The Bug's trivia question. But as you know, that's going to do it for me and JC. I'm Jay Peeps.
2: Uh, I'm the incredible, fantabulous, Wonderful, amazing, beautiful, um, smart, uh, funny. um, um, Give me more adjectives.
1: So I can just boost your ego?
2: Uh, You know what? This is why I'm holding out for a contract, yo. You know what? You know what? I'm JC, man. Come on
1: here. You you forgot to say undisputed heavyweight champion of the world and all that. Hope you realize that.
2: I could, I could go for the title now. Hold on, don't get me- yeah.
1: I remember you saying, "Tell Apollo, you ready?"
2: Shoot, man, don't play now. Don't make me get up in shape while I'm up in quarantine. What? I'll be done. I'll be, I'll be done. I'll be out here.
1: Y'all take care. Stay safe. If you have not already, follow us on Facebook at Penalty Talk. Follow us on Instagram at Throw Flags. Follow us on Twitter at Penalty Talk. And also like and subscribe to our YouTube channel.
0: Nah,
2: wait, don't don't try and rush me off. Now nah, I want to talk about that contract.
1: Y'all take care. Stay safe.
2: Nah, man, you're not just